Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. Episode 51, I'm going to be speaking to Sean Carlson. He puts on a festival out here in Los Angeles, California called FYF Fest, or commonly known to the cool kids as Fuck Yeah Fest. More on him in a minute. Propertyofzack.com. It's a great website. They just did a very funny March sadness poll where basically they pitted emo bands versus emo bands and you voted on them and the ultimate winner was a band called dads who is the the modern day king of emo i guess they're crowned as but it was just a fun way for people to kind of vote and think about things like oh jimmy world versus brand new i mean jimmy world in my opinion should win but anyways propertyzack.com great content go visit there i enjoy them you should enjoy them as well go to the website 100wordspodcast.com and if you are feeling ever so generous, you can go to iTunes, drop some reviews. I did want to give a shout out to a person in the UK. UK, you're so nice to the show. I really do appreciate that. A person named E Friendly, who just kind of put it all out there. And I agree with every word he says, because that is the goal of the show. Thank you, E Friendly. And uh, if you are feeling so generous, just drop some stars or drop some sentences, whatever you're feeling like, uh, or we're getting close to that 100 review mark, which is awesome. Please keep doing that. I appreciate that. Sean, let's get back to Sean. 
I've known him since he was like 14 years old. We'll get into that. Uh, and we had a really, really long conversation. I had the feeling that even when I cut it off, we could have probably gone for another two hours or so. Yeah, so he does this really cool thing where basically he is the guy that puts on shows in Los Angeles. If you are a cool band or a cool artist, you're probably talking to him to have him do your show and promote your show. He also does really cool partnerships with Vans. I don't know if you've heard of the House of Vans shows that happen in Brooklyn. He helps put those on. And it's just incredible to see the sort of, I don't, I dare use the word empire. <laughs> this is not Jay-Z. You know, he just does a lot of cool stuff. And uh, I've always admired the work that he's done. And putting on this fest, for anybody that doesn't know it, <clears throat> just go to fyffest.com. You can see previous lineups. It's basically everything under the sun from, you know, punk and hardcore stuff to whatever the coolest indie band is at that moment. And it's just incredible. Um, and it's like 20,000 people in downtown Los Angeles. It's crazy. I couldn't even imagine the logistics. Um, and speaking of logistics, another self-plug right here. This week, actually this day that this podcast gets released, I do a festival with one of my good friends, Joey Cahill, who runs 6131 Records. And uh, we do a fest called Sound and Fury. We announced the first lineup today. Go check it out, soundandfuryfest.com. So there you go. Nice little subtle plug in there. Anyways, Sean's a great dude. You'll be able to hear all about it. Something that has been on my mind recently. And I, I don't know if this is the something that's been on my mind recently segment or not, but <laughs> I feel like I do it every other episode. Now that I'm, I'm, I personally am 32 years old, and it's funny because all these bands that I watched growing up and going to shows who I thought were so much older than me, just different worlds. Now I'm coming to find out where it's just like, oh yeah, they're like four or five years older than me. Like that just seems crazy now. Whereas back then it was like, you know, I'm 16 and they're four or five years older than me. And that's like, they're getting into their twenties. That's like, holy shit. That's like a world of difference. But it's just funny where the older you get, that age gap just grows smaller. So enough about me blabbering. Here is my interview that I did with Sean, where we talk about so much shit. Inspiration. He was super into pranks as a kid criticism a lot of people like to talk shit on sean and we talk about that so check it out yeah that's awesome that'd be that'd be a total great <laughs> you know the thing is the best my favorite shows are the ones that are surprises yeah where you're like whoa that's oh happening. shit that's happening yeah, yeah. yeah rather because it's difficult like you can still be equally as stoked when it's months of planning and you like are thinking about seeing that band and hearing that song yeah but when something is spur the moment and has that it's a curveball yeah yeah it has that vibe and that sense of danger and shit's gonna be wild yeah even if it's in a proper setting it's amazing it totally is there was um last December of 2011 uh-huh. Off decided to do a record release show right it, it all revolves around all uh, and so they decided to do a record release show at this place called The Sex Downtown. The Sex was like a warehouse space. Okay. But it was like a, a hangar that they built into a venue. Awesome, like 600 cap room. Yeah. And just like good sound and good vibe, but it wasn't done legally. Sure. And they just didn't have like the proper restrooms all of it, but awesome vibe. Right. So they do the show there, and they advertise it everywhere. Free show with off at The Sex. So when you advertise on LA Weekly, they're going to catch wind of it. The band didn't know. Right. And so the band shows up. There's 400 kids in line by the time the band shows up. And then right before doors, fire marshal shows up and plays show up like this. Yeah. Now I got no dice. And I told them, they're like, oh, we want to do it ourselves. I was like, that's totally fine. I don't need to do the show. 
I'll put it up on the back of my Facebook. So I get a call and um, Demetrius like shows shows canceled. Sean, do you think you can do anything? I was like, yeah, I'm watching The Simpsons right now. And I'm like, I, it's seven thirty on a Friday. Right, what, what, what can I pull together? And he's like, yeah. see what you can do. And I was like, all right. And I knew this venue on Melrose that was like an art space slash venue that held like three hundred kids. Yeah. And the owner was really relaxed of it. I was like, I wonder if they have a show going on there. So I drive down there and I call the guy. I was like, hey, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm around the corner from the shop. I was like, can you meet me there right now? He's like, what's the big deal? I was like, meet me there right now. So it's like 8 o'clock. And I go there. And Dimitri's like waiting, texting me, texting me. He's like, what can we do? Yeah. I was like, hey, man, I have a show. I'll give you $500. So he's like, I have a show. Tonight. I was like, how many people are going to be here? He's like, I don't know, like 20, 30. Like, I'll give you $500. It's going to be fucking packed. Yeah, yeah. If we can cancel that show right now. Right. So, dude, I was like, it's all local bands. I'll talk to them. I'll make it up to them. Yeah. He's like, all right, so I called Demetrius. I was like, tell everyone it's at this address. So he starts telling all the kids yeah, 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 there. Yeah. And I, we put up on Facebook within 30 minutes. It's packed. Like sure, of course. Everyone's kids. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their show is supposed to start at 10 o'clock. So the other bands show up and they're like, what? Yeah, they're like, dude. <laughs> it's incredible. They're like, oh, dude, you did a great job promoting this time. And I was just like, You're like, I'm sorry. sorry. Like, and they were like, OC's no bunny off. I was like, just be cool with this. And they were like, Okay. No, yeah. One one kid didn't take it easily, but he. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was just the vibe of the show. People were just like, this "Well, of is, course." Th- this is like spur of the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. When it's like when it's like the you obviously hear about something word of mouth as opposed to seeing an advertised. That gives yeah. that just that general yeah, like you said, that vibe where it's like, oh, oh this is incredible. Yeah, and it, it, it had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a good night, and it worked out, and it all worked on that. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. super fun. But, uh, yeah, basically, I'll, I'll just walk you through your life. You know, obviously, if I hit on anything that you're like, I don't want to talk about, but still, oh, totally don't have to. I, I do, I've, I've got no secrets, man. Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got nothing to hide. I've got no secrets. <laughs> I was actually talking to a friend yesterday because, like, people perceived, like, rumors spread in oh, it's yeah. like telephone. Of course. Where it's like this, like, they, I've heard rumors things like, fuck Sean Carlson. Yep. And I was like, I have no enemies. I have nothing against. There's people that, like, I don't want to work with. Right. And then if you ask me, I'm not, there's any person I'm just like, you know, I don't like the way they do business, and right. we don't get along, and it just we shouldn't do business together. Right, and we don't see eye to eye. Totally fine. Yeah, and I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of days ago. They they talk and they, it's like of course. it was very like the '90s hardcore scene where they're like, oh fuck that guy, of he broke course, his. totally. Oh, he did this. Oh fuck him, man, he ripped off this guy. Yeah. And then like the rumors would spread, and people would have their like, opinion based on the person without ever meeting them. Of course. And it was just, it's all very childish. And I remember, like, partaking in that and just talking shit, and I was like, wait, I'm not that type of person at all. Right, like, right. Uh, well, it's, e- it's easy to get swept up in that stuff, because, like, obviously, like you're saying, especially when you're younger, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, but you, you've you never, like you said, never met them, have yeah. no context for them. I'm gonna put these guys outside. Just oh, so. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Roll the dirt. <laughs> Roll the dirt. Get dirty. <laughs> Yeah, there's a deck in the back and there's just sand and there's just dude back there. Hours and hours. Oh, I just sweep my house every like three days. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, one time when I moved in here, I had a girlfriend that she did the cleaning. Yeah, yeah. And then we're still friends and she came over. She's like, You need a maid. And I was like, I sweep twice a week. I, I try to stay on top like, of it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, it's just so hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like the little one is just this accumulation of dirt and then just, just eats, trails it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and for just sure. Eats everything and just vomits. And just like, I have to keep my like literally, it's just like my eyes are on them. Yeah, like, just like this okay. whole week he's been throwing up just from like putting everything in his mouth. It's like right. You're like, uh, like I should really feel like a crazy parent. Right, right. Like, always looking at him. 
and like nursing them. It's okay. Right. It's so like, just don't do that. Don't eat that. Yeah. That's not good for you. Um, I usually start these things off with just my own like personal what a memory entry points. Obviously, like you Look, as an individual. Let's just, I know that the memory is me making statements. Well, no, no, no. Okay. that that is yeah. There, that is that is one. So I just remember, uh, well, two two distinct memories. One, like you mentioned, obviously the naked stage dive. Was that at the, was that at showcase or was that at chain? Chain. Okay. And can I tell you the the origin behind the naked stage dive? Okay. The story behind it. So my friend Matthew Strugar. Um, do you know Matthew? He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, he he. Uh, I met him when he toured with International Noise Conspiracy. Right. And we and they played Chain and we immediately hit it off. I was like, this guy is fucking hysterical. Yeah. He was heckling Midtown and their merch people, <laughs> and because like Gabe was getting a massage at the merch table and he was like are you fucking yeah, right. serious this chain reaction and he's like and it was like dude and he's just harassing and he's hysterical and he's just saying all sorts of shit to everyone there's like yeah. 800 people in Shane and it was internationalist conspiracy and then the openers were thrice Midtown Hot Rod Circus oh yeah, yeah yeah he was having a field day just of being course. a smartass and so I was like I really like this guy he's like man you're the only person I like from LA that I've met Fuck everyone else here. What's your phone number? And he writes it down in a book. And it was pre-cell phone. And so, like, four months later, he calls me. He's like, hey, I moved out of here. What's up? What are you doing? I was like, I'm going to see the Blood Brothers. So he's like, they're playing? Fuck yeah, I'll pick you up. You don't drive, do you? I was like, I'm 15. He's like, that's awesome. And so he takes me to the Blood Brothers show. Yeah. And, like, we end up hanging out. And he's awesome. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, in Richmond, man, at a veil shows, everyone would do naked stage shots. It was a big thing. And I'm thinking, naked stage shot. People have to hold you up. This is an incredible concept. It's like, I need to bring this concept to Los Angeles. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Right, right. And so I didn't have the confidence in like... Well, we, I mean, that's that's a, bi- that's a big thing to do. Well, granted, it couldn't happen now with iPhones and be on the internet. Of course, of course. And, and sadly, there is a video of me stage diving naked on the internet. Yeah. Um, but the, the, as, the, as there the, should be. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the off topic, off... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so he's... And like, we're t- um, talking about it and it's just stuck in my mind. I was like... God, that's really funny, the naked stage shot. Yeah, yeah. And so I was watching your guy's show. It was your last show, Chain Reaction. Yeah. And it was really serious and emotional. Of course. And I was just like... I'm going to lighten the mood here. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like this. And it was really packed. And I yeah. remember the security guards at Chain. I don't remember their names, but they'd be like this, dude, you got to stop fucking around. Because that one show we did, three of us did the seizures in different parts of the room. And just to mess with security in the crowd. Right. And so, like, there's three emergencies at once. Right, at once. And they, and they realize it's me. They're like, dude, you're like, God damn it. Yeah. And I was like, you're just making our life hard. Granted, <laughs> here I am doing shows. And I'm like, when kids make my life hard, I'm you're totally like, understandable. I was like, as long as you're not drunk and you're doing it to make your friends laugh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. get anyone else hurt and don't do anything too dumb. Exactly. And so, and so your show is just, like, standing there. And I was like, man, fuck this. Yeah. And I was like, Brian, he's like, can you hold my clothes? He's like, what are you going to do? I was like, and I went behind the guitar amps and just took my clock. I got on stage and no one like yeah, no one knew. And I waited like for like halfway through the set, so security was like, "Shit's gonna run itself. We'll just go outside and talk about nothing." Yep. And dove into the crowd. It's amazing. And I just remember your bass player. He's like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's just like, Dude. <laughs> and he just hits the ground. Oh, yeah, and right. The look on your face is you're still singing. You're like, and I was singing along naked. My legs <laughs> right, were open. Right, right. And I'm just like, yeah. My like flabby like 16 year old body that like yeah. obviously never lifted a weight in here and it's just there and my ass is on the kid's head and he's punching me like this <laughs> and like he stuck me so it was so crowded right and right I stayed up and then I rolled and got onto the ground yeah. and then like to make kids more awkward I started circle pitting of course why and, <laughs> and it was just like one dude was like whoa 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 and I was just like and then all of a sudden they get the yank from me like security's like 
dude, dude. And then just standing there naked. <laughs> That's so incredible. <laughs> he was just like, don't do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't. And I put on my clothes, and like everyone looked at me the rest of the set. Oh, I can imagine. They were just like, what's that guy going to do? I was just like, right? I did it. That was yeah. good. That type of stuff, obviously, is super fun. But then the the other memory I have, I'm fairly certain it was a show at Showcase that Taken played. And for whatever reason, and this kind of goes to, I know, what people have said about you, like, today. You had this, like, I Heart President Johnson t-shirt. Like, it was just, I, I have no fucking clue, like, where you got it. But it, it was one of those things, like, I, I, you know, I knew you, like, we were friendly. You were, you were just like, Ray, like, I have this shirt. I can't even remember the explanation of what you gave to me, but you were like... If you wear this, this will be fucking awesome. Like, it was just like, you were, like, sincere. I couldn't say no. It was yeah. one of those things, like, I was put on the spot. All right, like, you've, you've, you've been yeah. nice. Like, you're enthusiastic about it. And so I wore that shirt. Like, I still have pictures of, like, and it's just, like, this pink shirt, like, total remember, thrift store. Yeah, and I remember buying that at a thrift store. And I was like, God, this would be really awesome if someone wore President, like, uh, LBJ. I was yeah. like, one of the most hated presidents of all time. Totally. It didn't even win an election. That was just put into presidency. Cool. And I was like, and here's this band that's like political, emotional, smart, yeah, yeah, forward yeah. thinking. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And it's pink. And I remember it was so small. Super small. And that was the day I went and spent $10 at the 99 cent store on confetti. Yeah, yeah. And I brought a dodgeball to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And sure, sure. Because my whole attitude then at 15 was like, I love punk rock and hardcore, but I love when you can bring the humorous side into things. Yep. When, because like, I really appreciated like No Reply at the PCH. Yep. But they, like, they didn't play, like, you guys played bigger shows and you guys had a really, uh, and I appreciated the serious fan base. But in Orange County, the hardcore kids were like really serious. Oh, super serious. And like, especially like the, I couldn't hanging like the throwdown 18 visions where oh, yeah, yeah. but like I loved like you guys curl up and die yep. dirty dirts in the dirts like stuff that made me happy totally and I was like what could we do this fun I remember buying like 10 bucks in confetti and throwing it into the crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. at the show and afterwards someone at the showcase was like is that you that threw the confetti and I was like yeah he's like Johnny, I picked that up off the ground, and it was stuck to the ground. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna get you a broom." And I just walked at the back. Of the You're like, "Yeah." I think it was Joe, and they were so, so bummed, bummed. And there's kids after the show just covered in confetti. Right, right, right. And I remember it was just making. I know, and it's just it, it's just funny because it's like I've never done that, nor probably will I ever do that yeah. again. And it was just one of those things where it's like you know people, uh, you know, I mean, whatever past press and stuff like that were, uh, of about you has been like. You know, Sean could get people to say yes, like, just on your enthusiasm, like, just the way that you are, and, like... Well, and it's also, it's just, like, like, I just wanted to have fun. Right. Like, really, like, I loved shows. I loved being at shows and the environment and the social and hanging out with friends and the emotional pull that music had. Yeah. But I really loved when it brought people together. And punk rock and hardcore did that the best. You don't get the intimacy value. Totally. And, like, going to the PCH club and playing handball with kids. Oh, unbelievable. Or coups. Or just doing, like playing dice in front of shows just I remember when I discovered quarters and I went to Chain Reaction was making tons <laughs> of money and security was like you can't be gambling out here right, and totally. I was just like dude I'm winning every game right. because if you hit the wall you lose and I win the money and I would let them go first and then I would just win their money yeah. and I just remember like things like, but it was all and like doing the, the zine and just because my attitude was like okay I don't play in a band I don't put out records I'm gonna do a zine and I'm gonna get my friends to like write in it and it's just like and we're gonna talk about the bands that we like and it was really like just contributing and finding something and making the like it more enjoyable it's always that's what it's always struck me about you and honestly why i've always like why watching your lineage over time like what you tried decided to do quote unquote professionally you know i never 
participated in any of the oh she's like Sean like man like because obviously like you, you become oh. a target when you're in a certain position and it's like anytime anybody has said anything like remotely negative about you I've just been like dude I like Sean's awesome like yeah, I, I've I, had z- literally zero secrets nothing yeah, 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 yeah. there's no one I fucked over there's a couple bands where it's like I don't want to work with them anymore right, right and right. like if you sat me and the band down the room I mean I wouldn't even like have heated words just be like you know what right. we don't need to work together anymore like yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not seeing eye to eye on this like there's plenty of other promoters and, pl- and plus it's like you look at the amount of people that you come across in the line of work that you do you're not gonna have 100% oh, and then you're spot gonna, free yeah. record <laughs> Totally. I'll admit, man, there, when I was younger, I was much more naive doing shows. I remember there was one show at Sixth Street Warehouse. was, like, the venue that we didn't, we didn't, obviously didn't know, but we, like, did a series of shows there for eight months. That was yeah. just, like, every weekend or, like, every other week. There's one show with Defiance, Ohio, and a bunch of local bands. Yeah. And I would count the money, and I would separate it in my pocket. This is my mindset then, not putting it in envelopes and writing oh, down band names. Right, right, right. And so the sound money was $250 to pay the sound company and pay the sound guy. And then it was $40 in the side for the opener. Yeah. It was a 20 and 21s. And then it was, the rest was like 20s and like 5s. Sure. But, and then I paid the opener the sound money. And the opener looked at me and was just like, fuck, dude, you're the best. Thank you for taking care of us. And me being a 22-year-old was drunk at that point. was like, right. Yeah, awesome. Didn't even see them play. I was outside. Which is right, like, right, sure. Really, you know, was yeah, like, great. Cool. Give you guys forty bucks. Give the sound guy the money. Next day, I get a voicemail. Like, Sean, it's cool you tried to rip me off. You got to like five o'clock today. I'm not working your shows anymore. You gave me forty bucks, and I was like, Oh, oh. that's why the band is really happy. <laughs> like. That sucks. And I was like, well, you know what? I made someone happy. Like, like, I, didn't, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I didn't even really care at that point. I was just like, I fucked up. And then at that point, I was like, always double checking the money. Right. Like, always triple checking like the offers and going over and making sure. Because I never, like, there was an incident at a show um, a couple months ago mm-hmm. that the money at the very end didn't add up right. Sure. And then I enveloped everything. I was like, God, I thought I triple checked it. Yeah. But what ended up happening is the door, they counted it wrong and so there was just more money left over. And so I was just confused. So I went to every band and was like, okay, reopen your envelope and let's count it together. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't want you to leave and think that I ripped you off and put less money in there. Right, it's right. It's a concern because that, the thing is a lot of bands... They don't want to address the situation, so they're like, oh, you know, he underpaid us, like, right. didn't say anything, and it just, like... Right, I'll, I'll, we'll tell our agent if we have one. Or, <laughs> yeah. or we're just going to talk shit and tell our friends and say that he rips off people. That's true. And it just, people, like, run their mouth, and they don't understand, like, they don't want to address the situation and try to resolve it, they'll just be passive about it. Yeah, yeah And yeah. I have zero tolerance for that, I was like, talk about it, work out the problem, don't go on a field day being like, fuck that guy and fuck this. Yeah. And it, it, it definitely takes time. But when you have people that don't know how to communicate, it's very difficult. Because right. they tell you something is okay and it's not. How did you, like, because, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely interested in, like, because, uh, I mean, as you were saying, as you are experiencing a lot of this, like, you know, I mean, anytime a person, quote unquote, rises to prominence in the sense of, like, you know, like, once you started to make a name for yourself where it's like, yeah. you know, people knew who you were, I, I'm sure that shit bothered you for a while. Or did you, or did you always have that attitude where it's just like, I'm just going to ignore this? I've always had the ignore this. I had a, a one, um, it was like, I had confidence level was really low because at one point I thought everyone had like a judgment mm-hmm. about me. Sure. And I was really just like worried. And it was like when that flap was getting popular, I just didn't feel comfortable. I just felt like, well, I'm like, sure at that point too. Cause like, I look at it from this perspective where it's like, you know, once you're able to like give a person something, they're going to treat you differently. Like no matter what, no matter it, what that may be. Dude, it, it, it's a hundred percent that way. Yeah. And so 
in 2009 and 10, I had pretty low confidence mm-hmm. because I just felt like I was constantly being judged. And this is just me working it up in my mind. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No one, at the end of the day, no one fucking cares who you are, what band you're in, what you do. No one gives a shit. Like, maybe, yeah. like, the small select group of people that do. And then I realized, I was like, the mo- the bands that are, like, this, like, this medium size that can sell at the Echo or Troubadour that have this chip on their shoulder mm. and think that they're almighty. And then you meet these bands that can sell out arenas or sell out, like, multiple nights at the Palladium. They're just really humble people that are right. able to find out who they are and able to have relationships with people and have conversations and not feel like someone's always getting something out of them. Right, it's like, like, it's like a human-to-human it, It's yeah. a human-to-human. And I was just like, I realized that. I was like, yeah. Dude, I'm no different. I'm just a person. This is like, I found something that I like doing. I, I like doing shows. Granted, there's other things I'm far more interested in. And like, I look at other people's lives. It's like the most mess song. Other people's lives are so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you're a doctor and you work at the Arlen. It's incredible. Or right. you're a veterinarian or you do this. It's like, when you tell me you work for Peter, I was like, that's great. It's like, there's times where I just feel like I just do shows, but then it's like, okay, we're able to raise money for charities. We're able yeah, to do yeah, this. Yeah. Like, I'm just a person. This is what I do. Like, I provide entertain- entertainment. Right. But I tried to make it more intimate and unique and interesting. Bennett started working here two months ago, and he brought back something that we used to do was the FYF Members Club. Yeah. And we just started doing that again. I was impressed with that. I, I, I got that at the show that I went to last night, and I was like... It's great. Like, it's just, it's so great. And then, so, the, and the whole thing is that it's just to get kids stoked. Like, oh, I'm going to an FYF show. Fuck yeah. And, like, we, I used to make posters for every show and just hand them out to kids outside. We'd pass out mixtapes to kids. Yeah. And just to get kids psyched. That was, like, my, I just want kids to go to shows because I felt when I started going to shows in the 90s, there was a vibe there. Yeah. There was people standing in front of the PCH and showcase selling zines. There was just, like, it felt good. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I mean, I, I like the point that you're making where um, you want you want kids to have an experience at a show that's obviously, like, authentic, it's coming from the right place, as opposed to, like, you know, where it's, like, you go to a show and then it, it feels, you know, it's, it's an experience, but it's, like, a manufactured experience. Dude, it, it's totally, you want people to walk away from it, like, I, I'm not doing this, I, I don't care about money. Like, I, obviously, I want to survive, I want to pay the bills. But I could be doing something else, and I can find a different like, career path. Right. I want kids to walk away that they're having the best experience possible. Mm-hmm. Like my goal with FYF, it's like, how can I build the best festival possible? In my mind, right. it's like, okay, I love Dinosaur Junior. I love Against Me. I love Nicholas Jar. I love Black Mountain, Father John Misty. Like refused American Nightmare, or whatever. In my mind, that was like the favorite show. Right. And I was like, "There's this festival doesn't take place anywhere else in the country." My goal with FYF is just to build something that a kid can look forward to, not just this like, "Okay, we have this band, we have this band, we want your money, we're gonna sell you this brand that's inside, you're gonna drink a lot, and we're gonna be really fucking stoked, and right. we're gonna make two million dollars off, right, off the forty thousand people show." It's like, no, I, I just want to put together something interesting. And I've failed. FIF has failed numerous times because it's just like you have to grow and you learn from it. Like the first year in the park, we lost $100,000. There's no financial backer. Right. It was me. And I didn't have $100,000. I didn't do I didn't. I was fucked. And I was just like every vendor that we owed money to, I was like, I'll go on a payment plan. I'll pay you back. Yeah. And I took out a loan and paid the loan back, paid every vendor. Every person I owed a dollar to paid them. Didn't leave anyone hanging. Yeah. And they were like, thank you. And I paid it off in like seven months, worked my ass off, practically killed myself coming up with that money. Right. Worked jobs that I hated, but I was like, I need to pay this back. Right. Because I don't want my name to be damaged. I don't want someone to associate. He rips people off. He mm-hmm. writes bad checks. Right. I'm not that person. I write good checks. And granted, there is times when you operate a business and you have so much money up in there that a check's going to bounce. Call the person, tell them when the money's going to be paid, pay it. Yeah, yeah. Stick to it. Right. So that and that's obviously why the festivals festival and the shows that you promote have been able to grow. But I wanted to go further back to where it's like you were like born and raised, like Torrance area? Yeah, Torrance, South Bend. Okay. 
And what was your family structure? You're an only child or your brother? No, I have an older brother that's three years older than me. Um, my mom's from Brazil. She was born and raised in Rio de Janeiro. And that's where my mother and my father met. And um, that's, pretty, that's pretty exotic. And my, my, my mother was a model. And my dad was a photographer for... Uh, oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's amazing. And so my mom was really young. She was 18. My dad, I don't even can't remember like the ages. Yeah, yeah. And then my mom wanted to get out of Rio. The crime was really bad then. Right. And it was just her brother had been killed. And just like family members were just yeah, like, terrible, terrible. Yeah, and, stuff. It was, and it was just not a like it was not a good place. So they came to America, moved to Coral Gables, Florida, Miami area. That's mm-hmm. when my other family lived in the Bible Belt of Florida and Lakeland, in between Tampa and Orlando. And so they moved. They lived in Florida and had my brother out there in Miami. And then they moved there. Um, my mom worked for a cruise agency out of Miami in the ports because oh. she was bilingual. And yeah, yeah. so for all of the foreigners that went on the cruises and she heard about it, she wanted to move to Los Angeles. And so they moved to, um, they moved to Sherman Oaks and she'd heard how great it was, and, but didn't realize how hot Sherman Oaks was. Yeah, yeah, My dad got a job at Hughes, um, at Hughes Aircraft. Oh, okay. And they, he worked there and they found out about this place, Torrance. That's 85 degrees all year round. That's this oasis. And this right. is in like 83, 84. Okay. And like, Torrance was like very middle class. Sure, it was when I believe NASA was there. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, NASA was the big corporation that was there. Yeah, and so it was very working class, but mm-hmm. it was like the standard American town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had like a really old time feel. And granted, it's turned to commercialism now. I still find a beauty in it because I was from there. Well, of course, and, you, you're always gonna have. have yeah, like, exactly. That's like, I mean, I was born yeah. in I was born in Vegas, and it's like that. People obviously can easily talk shit on that town. And I was but like, you, you find a beauty in it. it. I love it. it. It's like you've Randall's Donuts. We have the only Seven yeah. Eleven that has the Dr Pepper Slurpee. <laughs> yeah, I fucking totally. yeah. Totally. I'm proud of that moment. And right. then it just had a conversation about how great the Dr Pepper Slurpee is. Yeah, yeah. In the summertime, it's mind blowing. Of course. And so it's just like they met. Um, I, I lived there, and luckily, I didn't have to move as a kid and bounce around. Yeah, yeah. And so stayed there. And well, and so what were you, was your was your mom uh, working with the cruise line? Like, once? Where, no, she moved here and she went to fashion school and started working. My parents separated when I was four, okay. and she started working for Pepe Jeans and um, was a fashion designer. Yeah. And my dad, um, when my parents got divorced, focused on screenplay writing. He's a screenplay writer. Oh, okay. and so we stayed in Torrance. And then so you started, with your mom or your dad? Both. They both lived in Torrance, and but lived with my dad. But oh, so you kind of like split time, just both joint custody. Got it, and. I developed, discovered music when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That felt, I remember my brother would, um, he had a small business of selling fireworks to local kids in the neighborhood. I like, the, the fact, once you said small business, I was like, I can't wait to hear what this is. And he would get a hold of like, like the, the flowers and the smoke bombs and the 80s and just sell them to kids. And one kid was like, I don't have any money, I'll give you the CD. He's I'll give you these two CDs. My brother liked Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was the only band he liked. Right, right. And because they were the fucking biggest band in 1994. Of course, yeah, yeah. And they wore socks in their dicks, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so he gives me the CDs. It's Punkarama 1 and Generator by Bad Religion. Oh, dude, great. I I go into my room and it's... It's Christmas he gave it to me. So he got two CDs given to him for selling fireworks, and he's like, oh, I didn't get my brother a Christmas present. He re-gifts. He re-gifts. So good. And, but it was the best gift ever. And yeah. I just remember Punkarama had Do What You Want, yep. and I didn't like the rest. Punkarama, like, I just loved Bad Religion. Yeah. And God Generator was hooked, went out and bought all ages. Still to this day, one of the best compilation, best oh, compilations. Com- unbelievable. And granted, I'm not like, a terribly big fan of like their work. They, they, I respect them. And, of like, course, right. All ages is just fucking hits such a good note. Totally. And became such a big fan. 
and then like in sixth grade didn't like fifth grade was really into like bad religion was discovering yeah, yeah. other punk rock but it was really like when you get into junior high for most kids they're insecure and they're gonna like what their friends like oh and totally so immediately when I get into junior high I was like I like Sublime because everyone else likes Sublime of course. and I was like yeah, this yeah. is the coolest band ever I was like this is fucking awful right right I like right. WWF right right right, right. <laughs> I was just a huge WWF fan and like okay. I found like my few friends that like WWF we didn't like music so sure. it was just like WWF all in junior high that's what you're dedicated yeah, to yeah but it, it was actually it was in 7th grade and the okay. band that changed I, I was a big fan of Bad Religion but that didn't change my life what changed my life was the first day of 7th grade I got Boogada 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 by Screech and Weasel nice and they had the song Ghost Back to How I Met You I Want to Be Naked yeah, yeah and I heard that song and I was like fuck yes this is me right this is it's fun it's exciting it's punk yeah. I can go crazy I can act stupid sure. and then at that moment I discovered everything on Lookout everything on every right. record label every zine every ad in Maximum Rock and Roll well yeah that's I mean line, that, which yeah, is, the it, world opens the up the world opens up and it was pre-internet I didn't have internet in my house so anything I can get my hands on of course and it was just taking it and going to the record store and I found a way to get to listen to see new CDs. The guy would rewrap them so he would open it up with keeping the barcode. And yep. I just want to take everything in and saving up my money and washing cars in the neighborhood to get CDs. And so it was just like an encyclopedia of music. I was like, I couldn't get enough of discovering the Misfits and discovering yeah, like yeah. all the Southern California hardcore being introduced to Black Flag and Descendants. It all happened just in a matter of like three months of right. taking it in. I was like, this is the best music ever. And so what were you, like in, in high school, were you, because I mean, you always strike me, like not like you were always trying to be the center of attention, but you like, were you class clown in high school? Like, no, I was really, I didn't, I never wanted to be like the center of attention. Like it just shows I just did humorous shit. Right, and right. in high school, I was, um, the kids that I was friends with in junior high that were really into punk rock mm. and that were like my friends we were like, in junior high, you know, massive group of 20 friends so mm. when we got into high school I was getting more into hardcore and like Revelation and Gorilla Biscuits and sure. Snapcase and f- discovering new music and they were discovering partying and all of that and I was like I want nothing to do with this lifestyle like, interesting and I was like I'm not interested in it at all and in ninth grade is when I discovered the PCH club uh-huh. and I was close minded in the sense of like I didn't accept them and they were like oh he's going to see some fag band I remember it was like a tipping point like two months into high school it was like this isn't working for us to hang out like you guys want to like drink beers and you guys do your thing I like I was just like anti that and later we became friends I'm still like very close with those people today like Uh those are like my best friends but we took like three years yeah it's like a full you you need to grow as a human being and understand other people and respect their decisions and so I started going to PCH every weekend Mm -hmm. and it was like it didn't matter I remember seeing the Myra and Discount and one of my favorite shows of all time the PCH and being introduced to Discount and like Half Fiction and Crash Diagnostic hugely influential records for me and just like the Mercy Devils Good Le Shock fucking yeah. hated Le Shock. Oh, terrible, because, yeah. Because they're always so bad. Yeah. And, but I loved Andrew and I loved how yeah. nice he was. Yeah. And then like, you would see these bands but it was just, I loved Well, I, li- I, and I like I like the idea that you hit on a very important point in regards to like, kids, and I mean, I know this still exists but it's like, where you would just go to a venue because that's what you do. You're like, oh, there's a show tonight? Oh, I'm going there. there. No, there's live music. It, yep. It's Friday and I can go out tonight and yep. like, I can come home at midnight yep. and I can see every band and I can talk to people and then I also felt like a sense at the PCH. didn't matter that I was 15, I can talk to someone that was 22 yeah. and we can hang out and like just in wanting to know more information, more information, discovering February 5th, 4th or 5th, 2000, Nerve Agents, oh, okay. No Reply, 
Kill Your Idols, probably? No, no. Kill Your Idols was on the next one. <laughs> right. Um, Over My Dead Body's first show. Oh, okay. And it was one of the... It was 99 or 2000. One of sure. Now, now I'm thinking, I was like, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it was amazing. And I thought Noah probably was the funniest band that I had ever seen. Totally. And, like, the jokes that they were saying yeah, yeah, yeah. was just... I was like, this band is hysterical. And totally. Nerve Agents, mind-blowing. Yep. And I was like, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I was closed-minded then because I was judging, like, the other people. And, like, all I feel all kids at that age, the insecurities, and, like, you feel like you have to pass judgment. Of course. And I've learned, like, to accept anyone. Whatever you want to do, whatever you love, whatever you believe in, it's totally cool. Right. Like, it, don't preach it, don't push it on other people. I respect it. I, like, totally open-minded. Sure. And so, got really into, I was really quiet in high school, like, the first three years. Okay. It was kind of strange in my high school, and I look back, and, like, I smile, because I was, like, the punk hardcore kid. There's no one else that listened to me. Right, right, right. And then there was, like, three metalheads that were really into Tool and Sepultura. Sure. And, like, Death and Mashuga. Yeah, yeah, And then there was, like, the three raver kids that, like, really... There was, like, got, each subset of subcultures. But, but yeah, yeah. we all hung out behind the library, and none of us hung out on weekends, but at school, we fucking... We were the losers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People... And the thing was, we came together, because then people couldn't fuck with us. Right. And because I remember, like, someone tried to pick on me, and, like, the metalheads were like, fuck you, what are you gonna do about it? And I was like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Suck it. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, just, just being a total smartass. I got beat up quite a few times freshman year, because I didn't have the crew. Right. And I was just like, I remember just getting shit thrown at me, and just wearing my Avail shirt. Every, every day I wore an Avail shirt that was horribly happy. And people thought I was saying I was available, and I was horribly happy. Didn't register in my mind that... But when well, you're in ninth thought, grade, yeah, I would never. Yeah, the, we you, know you, it's a band. Yeah. Right. What do you mean? You don't realize this, is, but yeah. in their mind, of course, um, Pimpleface is saying that he's available and that he's probably happy. Holy and so, shit, in a high true. school of two thousand kids, they do not register that you are a band. No. They just see a font. There's no logo. There is nothing there. Yeah. But in my mind, the greatest band of all time. I'm right, representing right. the shirt because you have to wear the shirt. And wearing my queer sweatshirt did not go over well no. at all. <laughs> No, that I was, can imagine I fucking not. wore that with pride. Right. I'm pretty sure, though, my dad was tired of just, like, he didn't care what I wore, but he was like, I'm going to hide this one from him because he's getting beat up too much right now. Right, right, and right. And because I, I would talk shit. Like, if someone said anything to me, I would... Yeah, yeah. I would, no, you, you know, yeah, you've, you, you've always been, uh, you know, very open. And, like, yeah. that's that's the one thing I've always struck you about you, too, where it's just like, yeah, I'm not so going to mince my words. I got knocked down quite a few times. Right, right, right. Know, freshman year. And then... <sighs> Like, by senior year, I was very comfortable with myself, and I was just like, I don't care about what people think or mm-hmm. judge. I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm going I'm I'm to do me. Yeah, I'm going to wear Daisy Dukes every day right. and just be a fuck, like, <laughs> and just do shit that is fucking hysterical. And right. then the pranks started happening, and then right. that's when, like, I remember the day before Christmas, my friends and I, the day before school and started from holiday break, we buried, like, 50 Christmas trees inside the school and put them all over the school some people came there's Christmas trees everywhere but the faculty did not find this no 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 they were like and then we we did other stuff I I did a lot of high school pranks and just I can go into detail like all the stuff that we did just very teenage like yeah yeah Um, yeah, yeah. off record we chopped down a high school flagpole with a chainsaw that was the end of the pranks because that's when we knew we were you're like okay yeah like this this is like next level serious like I we probably shouldn't have done that they they ran an ad and now I can talk about it. It's been 10 years, and then it's not... Yeah, statute of limitations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, they ran an ad in the... Or they ran a piece in the newspaper asking for people to come to, like... Oh, shit. If they knew any information about it. Yeah, yeah. And everyone in the class, like, in 
all the classes in high school write down what they think that it was. Oh, and man. one of my friends that cut down the flagpole with us thought it was funny to go post her pictures on the stub that was left. It's like, Donovan, you're going to get us. Yeah, dude, like, you're, Donovan, you can't return to the scene of the crime, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's just like this, like, posing. I was like, this is how you get arrested. Right, like, totally. The only thing my dad asked me to do was graduate high school, not fuck it up. Right, yeah. right, right. But did, you, did your parents, like, as you were, because, you know, obviously the, the common conception when you start to get into stuff that your parents don't have any concept of, like, was it, was it difficult, like, were they just kind of like, all right, like, Sean seems to be safe with the places that he's going, like, um, we'll kind of trust him? Well, or- in between ninth and 10th grade, so in ninth grade I started, di- um, I started writing for different zines and going to shows, and I found a scam to get free CDs from record labels by calling them and saying I did a zine. A zine, of course. And then I got, like, 9,000 CDs, and yeah. I became friends with Charlie Ackerman at Epitaph. In June of 2000, I was at a show at the Palace, and Charlie and I immediately hit it off. Yeah. He's an amazing human being. And he's like, what are you doing this summer? I was like, I don't know. He's like, you want to intern at Epitaph? I was like, yeah. Of course. He's like, how old are you? I was like, it doesn't matter. He's like, cool, just be there every day at 10 o'clock. And I was okay. like, cool. So the following Monday, I get there at 9 a.m., and he doesn't show up till 10.30. And I'm just sitting there, and the reception's like, he's been here for like an hour and a half. I was like, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm enthusiastic. Like, I'm ready. And he's just like... What are you doing here? I was like, you told me you want me to work here. And I didn't realize he was drunk when he told me that. Oh, shit. And I was like, all right, we're going to figure this one out. Come with me. And so for the first, like, I worked there for like two two months in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped interning there, they realized it was a liability to have a 15-year-old intern. Of course. And they're like, here's $1,000 to start your own zine. Like, you've done a lot of work here. You've worked here for free. We know oh, how much wow. you like writing. Yeah. Like, do your zine the blacklist that you keep talking about. And I was like, thousand. Because, like, my mind was I didn't want to sell zines in front of shows. Mm-hmm. I wanted to print them for free on newsprint and give them away to everyone. Sure. So everyone can enjoy it. And my concept is just like, I want to be able to give more. And so then it was like, all went to like the cost of printing. Granted, sure. I didn't know anything about writing or zines. Well, or, no, right, right. Yeah. That'll, come, that'll come later. That'll yeah. come later. Yeah. Uh, they, they gave that to me as like a gift for leaving, which was incredibly inspiring and awesome of them. That was in 2000. And then so all throughout the 2000s and going to shows. And, like, high school is really quiet. No one in my school knew I did the zine. I only had, like, a couple friends, like, the Metalheads and the Weirdos. Right. They didn't even know I did the zine. I kept it, like, a secret. And so by senior year, I was like, I like Prince. I like Frank Zappa. I like Nick Cave. I like all these different styles of music. I discovered the replacements. I discovered, like, my musical horizon was just not punk rock anymore. It wasn't just a metal. Right. It was, like, everything. Bob Dylan. Everything was, like, coming and being inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I was comfortable with myself. And we did, like... It, I, that's when I started to feel like I was who I was. And I was comfortable. Sure. that shows I could be myself. Right. And that school I couldn't be. And I, I just like to laugh. I, right. I don't want to be the center of attention, but, like, I just want to laugh with my friends. Right, right. And, and so, did you, I mean, did your, did your parents, like understand what you were doing or they were just like my mom was kind of just like uh, I only saw her like once every two weeks so she was just like whatever yeah 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 be safe Um, my dad on the other hand was just like graduate high school he was tired of the school calling the shenanigans oh fuck dude they called I'll never forget the dean calls my dad and it's in May of senior year (laughs) and she puts my dad on speakerphone and the dean's like Mr. Carlson he's like uh huh Sean's in here and we believe he stole walkie-talkie from a security guard. Can you help? <laughs> this is the best part. Can you help get it back? And he's like, this is the best part. He's like, you deal with it. Hangs up. And the dean looks at me, and there's two security guards in there looking at me, and the security guard that I stole it from, right. which I can't prove. Right. And they're like, this, even your parents have given up on you. And I was like, You're like all well, right, all right. <laughs> Can I go back to class? You guys got nothing on me. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> and they didn't have anything on me. 
And so... So, did you, I mean, like, uh, you know, all joking aside, like, did you have, like, you, like did you have an alright relationship with your father? Or he was oh, kind of like... My dad and I, my dad and I really... I was very respectful. I didn't do anything, like, I, I pulled pranks, I did stuff this Right, way. I mean, but it's never juvenile. Anything, right, like, right, right. never just being, like, never drunk in high school, never stoned in high school, never sure. doing anything, like... To fuck up myself, didn't drive, so I wasn't driving drunk or anything like that. Right. I mean, right. come on, like, there was a lot of times where I'd be at a show and hanging out and socializing at Del Taco afterwards or yeah, fucking yeah. wherever and come home at 4 a.m. and not understand the concept of time. And the rule was kind of, I remember one time coming home at like 5 a.m. Right. And I was just talking with a girl about music until, right. and she introduced me to the Mountain Goats and it was mind blowing <laughs> in my mind. Got home yeah. at like 5 30. Sure. And my dad's like, How was it? And I was like, It's cool. Yeah. And he was like, well, you got to be at school in an hour and a half. Right. If you don't go to school, you don't live here. And I was like, all right. I respect that because it was just like... Yeah. He's, it's, so it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like he obviously was like, there will be parameters that you should live under, but like, you need to do these things. Like graduate yeah. high school. No, like, he, yeah. he was really clear about that. And he was That's really good. clear of just like, don't fuck up. Right, right, right. And really like... And, I didn't do, there was, like, times, like, I never had any trouble with the law, like, there was, I, I just did stuff that was, like, silly, like, we went to a city hall, like, board meet, um, public hearing, yeah. and they were going to close a local library, and I went, and I called, like, I got up on the podium, and I told my two cents, and they, like, next, and they're really rude to me, and then an old woman walked up there and started stuttering right after me, yeah. and before she could talk, the mayor said, next, I went back up there, he's like, you already talked, I was like, no, nah, I got something else to say, and he's like, what's that, I was like, you know, I think you're treating everyone with disrespect, and the whole room goes, yeah, like, oh, there's something, yeah, yeah, and I was like, you know what, you're not treating us, with, like, the way that we should be treated, you're writing up this library, you're gonna tear it down and build a parking lot, everyone's like, yeah, and I was like, no, you're really, like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and I felt really good, I was like, and I think you're an asshole, and the place goes quiet, and it's live on city cable, and everyone is just like, no one did, yeah, yeah. no one was like, well, and then all of a sudden, I get grabbed by the back of the neck, and I get taken out. And they pull me into a different room. They're like, you're never allowed to come to City Hall again. You're off the property. You will be prosecuted if you do. And my dad's like, there you go. Go on fucking TV and call the mayor an asshole. Right. Good job. <laughs> That's incredible. That's so good. And so he was just shook his head. It was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but like, I, I was and so like, like, so did you have, like, <clears throat> in your own mind, like, did you, uh, you basically were just like, all right, in high school, like, obviously, once I graduate, once I fulfill that commitment... I just want to be involved in music in some fashion. I really wanted to be involved in music and animals like definitely like are a massive in- inspiration. We've been vegetarian since I was really young. And, yeah. Like, the situation across the country with how the neglect and this like the it's it just so sad how many animals are euthanized and put to sleep. Totally. So, but it was like and the same thing with homelessness. There's so many factors that are going on in this country all over the world. So I was like, I want to be do something for a good cause. I want to inspire people and hopefully. I can be the stepping stone that people are like, hey, I can do something different. I don't have to do that. Going to school is great. Going to college is awesome. Of finding a career because it keeps you focused and dedicated and you understanding the like and understanding who you are. Mm-hmm. But it's also like with FYF and these things, I hope people can see that and be able to find it inspiration. And I didn't know I was gonna do a festival. I actually I, no. I did a zine. I wanted to write zines and go on tour and like three months after I graduated high school it was in October. Finally got my driver's license, and my dad had a station wagon. He's like, "Okay," and I told him I made this fabricated story that I was going to San Francisco to see this girl that I really liked. Sure. And I would tell this girl to call me at certain times every day because I didn't have a cell phone. I had an answer machine right. that rang out throughout the house. And she's like, "Hey, I miss you, Sean. It's Aaron. Call me back." So he thinks I'm in a relationship. Right, right. I was. I knew how to deceive things. Right, 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 right. You know so how to play the game. He didn't right. know that I just released a zine and that I had 5,000 copies of my zine. I was traveling across the country and mapped out a tour without telling any of the bands I was following them on, including like Weaker Thins, the 
against me, Death Cab, Japan, all over the country, convinced three friends to come with me, and we drove across the country for five weeks. Yeah. And selling zines at every show. I remember, it's funny, like, I I I mean, I remember that, like, you were, you know, you did stuff outside of the the norm, quote-unquote, and you were, everything you did was... Overly ambitious and stupidly ambitious. Yeah. Oh, I, I, trust me, I know. No, uh, I, know I, I know. I don't need to tell you yeah, that. But it was no, just no, like try, I did the FBI tour and I owned a fucking school bus and yeah. converted to veggie oil and drove across the country. And it was like some people. <laughs> some nights there was eleven people at the show, but like in hindsight, like it's pretty fucking amazing that the bands that we had come together. Like right. So, Create like one of the like main writers for Thirty Rock and a massive comedian Hannibal Burris. Yeah, was on that tour. That was his first exposure out of Chicago, and he makes fun of me on his Comedy Central special and talks shit about me, <laughs> like things like that. That's incredible. And, yeah, but like, so, but I, but I see. But the, the, what makes like what makes that so awesome is the fact that it's just like. You you know whatever like public failures you have had like I mean for one you've never, oh, yeah. obviously you've never hid that but I mean obviously you've learned so much because of those failures but it puts it out there for everybody to like like you said inspire and learn and but, create their own but failure is something that's really important and you have to accept it's granted you don't want to be like oh I failed but like it's like okay now we got to rework the plan yeah. what do we do differently like right. we need to look at the big picture of how do we make sure that this works in the future and we don't hit these mistakes again totally because you, it's one thing to fail once another thing to fail twice that's a fucking problem right and with like the tour, I was just I, I was tired of living in the suburbs. I was really like I just saw you just want to get out. I, I just saw this massive like the country. And the strangest thing in my mindset is like we planned this whole trip. Canada didn't get discussed once. Like going to Toronto, which is like America, we're going to. Right. And I was just like we were so like naive. This is gonna make you laugh. Right. I'm gonna show you something. This is gonna blow your fucking mind. Right now. So when. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We did the tour. Uh-huh. We didn't have a Thomas Guide. We didn't have a cell phone. Right. We had oh, the internet course. at the libraries that we went to. Oh, this is not the one. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, so we had a map like this sure. of the country. Just highlighted, I'm sure. That's how we got to each city. Was of this, course. This, a map like this. Not breaking down. I remember driving into um, driving into Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And we're driving in and we have the map. And then all of a sudden we're in Delaware. And the, <laughs> some people in the car were like, uh, Sean, why are we going to Delaware? I was like... If you look at the freeways, it seems like this freeway goes to Philadelphia. And it's like, there's like four freeways going to Philadelphia. Right. And it's like, we don't even know where, like, we would literally look at the map as close as possible. But I right. think this does one they, goes. Does anybody have a magnifying glass? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. this one goes to the city. And we would just pull into the city and talk to kids in front of shows, sell zines, find a place to sleep that night, and that's how we got by. Yeah. And we sometimes knew someone. Sometimes, like, I remember going to the fest the first time in Gainesville. Sure, And sure. just showing up. And it was the second year. Right. And just meeting kids and just being like, oh, where are you staying? They're like, cool, can we stay with you? Right. And so and it was just like, you'd write down numbers. And I guess, oh, blah, 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 lives in Atlanta. You're going there, right? Stay with her. Blah blah lived an hour outside of Atlanta. Right. So when we get there, it's like, hey, where do you live? And calling them at like eleven o'clock at night, it's like, oh, I live in yeah, like oh, Huntsville, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, no, this is in Atlanta. <laughs> right. We're fucking exhausted. We've been driving all night, and it just yeah, like, yeah, shit yeah, yeah. Like that. And so like we had that, and we slept in the car numerous nights, and we realized on that tour, I was like, the safest places were hotel parking lots because they were secure, and if you parked under the light. Um, we slept on the Mississippi in New Orleans because we were just stupid and drunk and young and yeah. just did like just well it's yeah. just it's it's that idea that the, obviously that spirit of youth the sort of reckless abandon where it's like 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 you said you you have a plan and I use that in air yeah. quotes but there's no real plan and there's no. also there's no responsibility your responsibility is to wake up and just exist and, right. and exist and like it's <laughs> like now I have a house I have rent I have employees I have insurance I have all of this, and if I just disappeared, there would be, there would just be this repercussion chain, like, right, right, right. all this. Then, I could disappear, and not one person was affected, other than my dad, who had no idea where I was. Right, right. And, <laughs> right. he was definitely not too happy about the trip. And I could nothing, imagine. There's nothing romantic at all to him about me no. stealing his car, and yeah. then calling him from Braintree, Massachusetts, and him asking me where I was, and I was like, ah, he's like, where are you? Like, San Francisco, Portland, I was like, Braintree, he's like, Braintree, Massachusetts? It's like, can you wire me money? And he's just like, goodbye. <laughs> I was just like, all right, I can handle that one. I can get by. I'm good. I got it halfway. I can get. I can get back. Right, right. And right. I got back. And that's that's amazing. I like the party lifestyle. Like, is totally imminent within this this rock culture. Oh. What's been interesting in like watching you grow as an individual is like, I mean, you never like, even though you obviously did party and you had fun, but you're never swallowed by that. There was. 
It was the final. Or did you ever? Or did you ever feel like you were no, too was, close no, that you had to pull away? Like there wasn't. There wasn't that I felt too close that I had to pull away. There was times where I just felt that I was really like. There was times where I was sad and I was just getting like just hanging out with like the wrong people that were just encouraging like alcohol and like getting drunk and in their mind it's right. like more power to him if you want to do that and you want to live that path like nothing wrong with it just right. I don't and there was a period where I was like I was going out every week and I was getting drunk for the wrong reasons I'm fine like I really enjoy just like having a drink if I can just sure. have like a glass of wine or just have like something and that where I just feel like okay cool I'm just socializing right. I, and there's times where it's like the moment is right and where people like you want to yeah, let yeah. loose but it's like not when it becomes a regular thing and you're doing it all the time and it just really lost like interest in that. And I just felt like it like my best friend in the world was Brian, um uh, and mustache. Yep. And he and I got we grew together and there was a moment like where he was partying a lot and I was partying a lot. But so yeah, you were introduced to meditation? And it, it's I don't take it as seriously he does, he goes to the temple every like and not like anything religious, but goes and meditates once a week. I try to go to yoga once every other week. He goes right. two to three times a week. He's just fucking just um, in it. All right? muscle can do things with his body, but he's the most focused individual I know. Yeah. It's just very like, this is what I need to do to complete. This is what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I, I learned a lot from him. He's like, don't let little things bother you. And that's when I started learning in the past like two years. I was like, oh, I don't care if people talk shit, what yeah. people's opinions are on FYF. I just want to create something that's inspiring. And if it makes me happy, great. If I'm not happy with what I'm doing then I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And there is times where you have to do things where it's like, okay, I'll work on a project that necessarily, like I do at times curating projects for different companies where it's like, I need to make money to survive so I can focus on doing the creative punk shows and sometimes I don't make money, but I was like, I have this cushion where I can be to be like, ah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah whatever. This is not worth it. <laughs> and the person is like, it's not worth it. I don't want to drive there. And it's like, right. Uh, is, I'm not sweating. I'm not sweating the small stuff. Yeah. Uh, like like you said, I mean, I think the most I think the most compelling and important part of obviously like what it is that you do, you're pursuing these things that are obviously like meaningful to you, and you've been able to grow it to where it's it's large, but it's manageable still. It's manageable. I mean, it's a really small team that we have, mm-hmm. and like working with Golden Voice on the festival is great because I was tired of dealing with the city, dealing with right. production and invoicing. I'm, I'm very hands on with everything, like every little detail of the festival. I'm a part of and I'm informed but there's things and like and like I it's I'm absurdly detail oriented and last year I kind of let go of a few things and it made me very unhappy mm-hmm. so this year I was just like going full force I was like we need to have meetings we need to have schedules we need to have everything laid out we need to address all of the problems from last year we need to figure out how do we make it improve like how do mm-hmm. we improve how do we make the festival better than it like it is because right now we're at I feel 65% we need to get this to 85% next year and then we need to continue to improve each year. Mm-hmm. I want people to go and be excited when they leave. I don't want, like, any of the problems we had last year, we're fixing them. Right. And we were, like, everyone saw eye to eye with it. I was like, okay, we know what we need to fix. We had some major fucking problems last year. But at the end of the day, people walked away happy. Granted, there were some things that made me extremely angry. Sure. And I was like, fixing them. Because when you try to manage 25,000 people a day, uh, it's not, it's, yeah. and it's, things slip through the cracks. So, um, it's trying to, it's also, I learned, not trying to conquer the world. And there was one point where I was like, oh, I'll do this show, I'll do this show, I'll do this. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do all the shows. Yeah. It was like, the original Infest show, it was just like, I had a call, I was like, dude, this sounds awesome. But like, you guys, how about I just want to go? Like, I, I don't need to do it. And there's a lot of times where I was just like, I don't need to do the show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't need to do everything. Well, I think that that's a, that's a super important point for people to realize where it's just like, 
the and I think it's especially uh, indicative of people that are in like you know punk hardcore whatever independent music culture where you people do like fifteen things like you know they 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 have their fingers in a million different pies and like there's obviously nothing wrong with that if you feel like you have it somewhat manageable but then when you can like actually pull away and be like I don't need to do these ten things I can do these five things or whatever I, I can do just a couple of things and be really content yeah and or I can delegate the work and like. Working with Ben, I don't need to post anything on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I'm not going to remember a fucking show and go and sell for two more weeks because I forget about it. Right, it's right. It's like, I, no, he, that, he does such a great job doing that. And it's having people, like I've had, there's previous employees that killed it as well and that really mm. helped mold the company and like be able to get to that point because I want to be thinking about the creative and I want to be thinking about like, what do we do to make tomorrow better and then I, I, it's important to grow that you trust the employees that you have and that right. you can be able to get things done and FYF is continuing to grow right. and like we like this past year I saw like a lot of changes and things that needed to get done and what our focus were really what are our goals and how do we make this festival better how do we make the show experience better mm. and then it's going to take one year to really get that plan worked out but I think by the 2014 we'll be there right. and be able to make it that like, and it's also doing select shows, not trying to do everything. Right. Like, I've, I'm fine with losing money on a show, believe it. If I'm just doing a show and it's like, what? Right, what? Like, what? yeah, like, why? Like, Ohm and Son of Ra next week, it's like, fuck yeah, that, I want to go, like, if I'm going to do a show, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. I want to believe in it. And I also want to introduce kids to new music and right. like, finding that way to doing it. And it's tough because how fast technology is moving. Like, I have a blog. I don't even have Instagram. Yeah. Like, fucking he does that. I don't have it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we made an FYF Instagram, and I took a photo of, like, a stage being built. I was, like, two days. And then didn't put a photo up for, like, a week. And then someone was like, your festival Instagram should be documenting the festival. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah. She was like, like, got it. Yeah. Didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing on my mind. You're like, I'm not, a, I'm not a social media guy. Like, that's just no, not me. Not, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, it's yeah, it's but I mean, I, 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 I just you can't do everything. No, like, yeah, you, yeah, you let things go, and then you obviously like you, you figure out what, what makes you happy, and how you, like you said, you try to achieve these goals and like you know mimic what has influenced you and has brought you to where you're at now. Yeah, and it's also and I, challenges are incredibly important. Isn't mm-hmm. like, what do we do? Because I, I never want to repeat myself. Yeah, and. I, I was that was really difficult this past year with FYF I was like I want to do something different with the festival I want to go after bigger bands I want to make it more eclectic I want to be able like I'm heavily influenced by electronic music but mm-hmm. like Autechre and the early Warp Records things that relate heavily to punk rock and DIY yep. aesthetic and so it's like how do I bring these artists into the festival setting where they're not alienated and people just don't look at them like they're this right. like weird individual so we're trying to find that balance and slowly working that out and it's going it's a slow but interesting process and I feel comfortable with it yeah. and it's just fine like I don't I guess I'm going to say with it it's like some people have this long five year plan I'm just going like okay we've got some things we're going to do year to year sure year to year because things come up things change relationships change how you like view people mm-hmm. and it's really important just to have like a grasp of it because I used to be so all over the place and scatterbrained and being like oh fuck how am I going to take care of this and this yeah. and now it's like I got that the phone behind you I actually I love talking on the landline because it's cold plastic on my ear yep. like this I always feel rushed I'm like god I want to get this yeah I want to get this off my face yeah and that it's like right. let's talk through this let's figure this out yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that yeah Everything you're saying is just indicative of like 
what happens when you grow up. Like, you get perspective, like, you understand the world more, and everything that you've, you know, tried to do in the past and failed or succeeded. Yeah, there's only one last thing I wanted to hit on. Um, Yeah, anything that you want to talk about. Oh, no, 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 for sure. But the um, community has always obviously been an important part of, like, not only your your upbringing, but then obviously, like, what FYF, like, symbolizes. And the, uh, I you know, I just think it's like, I look across the country and it's like, realistically, there's only a few, like, you know, you look at R5 in Philly. That, that was a huge inspiration, and now Sean Agnew and Andy are such close friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And we talk on a regular basis. We stay with each other when we travel. Yeah. And, like, they, I looked up to Sean. I looked up to Sean. I looked up to Graham Williams, who was from Sean. And yep. it's strange that those are, like, very close friends of mine now. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, wow, these guys work with punk rock, and they do, like, the punk rock flea market, but then they do dance shows and all of this. And I was like, right. And so level-headed and grounded and focused, and I, I loved that. Right. There's not very many uh, people that decide to take on the, the you know, whatever show promotion game and obviously, like, try to actually give back to their area. It's safe, secure, mm-hmm. proper shows. That's what's important. It's like, I want the shows, I want people to go and to feel good and not get shut down. Like, I, I'm all for, like, the DIY warehouse vibe, but if you have a touring band right. and it gets shut down, it's fucked. Yeah, they're, not, it, they're not pumped. But no, they are pumped <laughs> because no. it's a DIY warehouse. They are fucking bummed because their fans, their fans aren't going to see them. They drove eight hours to fucking stand around yep. and be told that they can't play, and now they're losing money. Right. So it's a lose-lose situation. Right. And then I realized, like, Three, four, it was probably four or five years ago in 2009 I was like I'm done with this I don't need to do warehouse shit I don't need to do anything illegal mm-hmm. like I'm fine with it having curfews I'm fine with all that right. I'm fine, with having I'm fine being above the board yeah, I, I'm fine yeah. with being having a barricade I'm fine like I remember one time seeing tragedy in Long Beach and there was just this drunk girl that kept pushing the mic into the guitar player's mouth uh, he was so funny he's like can you please stop she's like fuck you and I was like I don't even want to go to these shows anymore. Yeah. I don't want to be in another venue that has smoking inside. There's smoking inside. I'm not going. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. fucking going. I'm not waking up sick tomorrow. I don't fucking care. I don't want to be around underage drinking that's accepted. Mm-hmm. I don't. If kid gets in show, so be it. But like, I don't want to be around it. And the next time, tragedy came through. I did the show with them. It was great. They're paid properly. Yeah. And they're paid where they should. Not just given an envelope of cash. And it's like Correct. I'm like I work with limpers every time they come through paid extremely well because it's honest and laid yeah. out because when you go to the warehouse it's like this really backwards logic with the DIY punk world it's like you just give the band the envelope and they're fine with it and no one asks questions right. where does all the money go yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. Yeah, very bizarre there's a, there, obviously organization is not oh organization and it's like we split it 50-50 I was like no you don't split it fi- the promoter doesn't get 50 fucking pro- are you fucking bananas <laughs> right, right yeah 50 percent right. oh you misheard the rule yeah, obviously yeah right, that's right. what you yeah, I got it yeah 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 it's so blows it's, my mind yeah yeah and for so, sure but yeah no I just I, yeah I, I, I just communities it's really important and it's important that like it's important that people feel that there's like with FYF, my biggest thing is I want people to feel that there is a life behind it. Mm-hmm. That there's something like there is, there's something a little more than it's like a personality like behind that, it. Yeah, that is, it, that is exactly it. Yeah, that there's like somebody there that can answer the emails and that cares. Right, and like I, I do my best to answer all the emails. Sometimes like someone just writes, "I'm a manager from the band," and copy paste it. I'm not going to respond. But like if someone writes like something sincere. It's like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, what's up? Awesome." cool and I'll address it the best way I can and it's good that people see that there's life the very few organizations anything have that mm-hmm. it's just give us your money come in right. watch the show leave 
please don't do anything too stupid in my process. Exactly, right. It's like, come to the shows, fucking act crazy, have fun. Just don't hurt anyone. I want you to go ballistic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my mentality when I was saying, like, have fun, be young, act crazy. Like, just right. that. Like, be yourself. And I love that. Like, the PCH. Like, God, I wore a Pete Rose shirt every single day. Right. Like, one of the most hated baseball players. Because I found it, I wore it for like three years, a yeah. Pete Rose shirt. Sure. And it was just like three images of him sliding to home plate, right. like, looking at it. And I was just like, I'm just this weird kid. I just want to have fun. Right. And that was it. And that's what music did. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. That's what I want. I want kids. And it goes back to like, I don't do 18 plus, 20 plus shows. The only time I ever consider it is if it's a dance show mm-hmm. where it could bring people that can act in a way that can jeopardize themselves. And sure. It's like punk rock, indie rock, any of that, all ages. Yeah. And like dance stuff, it's like, okay, I can handle doing like right. 18 plus. This so, is an exception to the rule. Right. See, uh, I also don't want to be in situations where a 16 year old's getting groped by like a 20 year old. Yeah. That shit sucks. Right. At 18, they can make a decision. And it's also understanding the parameters of what's safe and what's not. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, that it goes back to like all ages. Yeah, like, I don't even want to go to twenty one plus venues. No, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It totally. Even does. I see eye to eye with that. Some people don't. It's like no, nah, dude. Yeah, There's no, that's break. that's not. That's, There's no fucking energy. No, it's not. Bummer, Bill. Yeah, it's our arms crossed. Yeah. You could have, you could be to a packed room that has zero energy. Like it's nothing, like, nothing going on. Yeah, very rarely in, it'll have energy. Very. And the thing is, oh yeah, and it's the people that never have been to the venue that didn't even know it was twenty plus that just bought a ticket, or the super right. fans going ape shit. Totally. And just, that's it. And it's like that's what I, I don't know. With half five, I just want kids to be able to have fun. Yeah. Give them an outlet because I feel in two thousand thirteen, it's really disappearing. There isn't a coos. There isn't a PCH. Yep. There isn't a showcase. There isn't like a sense of unity. Everyone is so lost in social media mm-hmm. and trying to like find self-confidence through that. I think it's a perfect place to end it where the idea, like it's like people have created, uh, you know, communities outside of obviously what we're talking about, the sort of, you know, face to face. And like, obviously that's an important aspect, but like you definitely, it has to translate to the real world in some way. Absolutely. It really does. And sometimes it's sad that it doesn't. And people are so, I fall victim to it because I'm not as social a person as I used to be based on it. And everyone is so lost and yeah, because it does change things. But I hope that, like, the shows that we do and give an outlet that get people to talk of all ages. Right. But I want to say one thing that True. when I've ever asked about FYF, like, a major goal of mine is a place where a 15-year-old and a 35-year-old could be standing next to each other and be having a good time and not feel uncomfortable. Right. And I felt like that moment, like, Dinosaur Jr. playing. Right. And there was just kids pogoing and going ape shit. And then just older people were like, this is fucking awesome. Right. This is, this is what I want to achieve. Exactly. <laughs> well, so. I, I'm I'm just stoked because it's obviously I've known you for a long time and just seeing how you have been able to do this, and I just I appreciate the time. Sean. So there you go. That was Sean. I hope that paints a better picture of him for those of you that know him or know of him. And even if you don't know him, you can kind of get an idea of how crazy it is to put on a festival and um, honestly how anybody can do it. So get up there, put on a festival fail miserably, lose a lot of money, but then learn and do it better in the future. Visit propertyofzack.com, 100wordspodcast.com, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. The editor for this episode is Tom Richfield, awesome dude, two thumbs up, because this one was definitely a little bit more difficult to edit because there was a lot of pauses, because, you know, he's getting calls, he's booking shows, but anyways, thank you, Tom. And uh, until next week, be safe, everybody.
The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 